0: Welcome to the Redneck Country Podcast. You are on with Real Redneck Tom Millard, and of course, we got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill Tom. Bill, are you there?
1: I'm here, and as always, it's a beautiful night for a podcast.
0: Beautiful night for a podcast. And as of late, we've also got the patriarch of Redneck Country, my father, Real Redneck Tom Millard, sitting beside me. Dad, is your mic hot? It is. It's hot. Once again, gave him the good mic. Good deal. I mean, I appreciate the
1: sacrifices you make for our podcast.
0: Do you know what I'm saying? I figure my voice is loud enough that I could could be in the other room and just yell into his mic and we're going to be okay. You want to try it? (laughs) <laughs> you would like that <laughs> wouldn't you
1: <laughs> why
2: don't you go out on the porch go out on yeah. the porch and give it a try yeah. Jen is the lock on the door <laughs>
0: yeah. it's a one way door dad's Your stepping up his wick game tonight yeah. get sitting in front of the controls harder for me to reach him but all of a sudden he's got a little bit of cockiness kicking <laughs>
1: I like it. It's good. It's <laughs> no, a different element to the podcast.
0: <laughs> that's what we're going to call it. A different <laughs> yeah. element. Yeah. I just can't reach, reach over and mute them as easy.
1: Yeah. What a week. We got a, what a week here in, uh, up in Barrie. Eh? I was going to say, yeah.
0: what, what'd you get to? What'd you get up to? Other we than, other than the Super Bowl crap that you were sending me pictures of. And I'm on this freaking workout plan diet where I eat a lot, but it's all bland. And here you are sending me pics of. Well, I don't want to spoil it. What, what did you have on the grill grill well, master had, bill? Some, hey, some, Whoa, can I get a beat? Can <laughs> you get a what? <laughs> a beat? Give me a beat. What did you have on the grill?
1: No, That's beyond me. I don't, I don't make wrapped uh, uh, <laughs> noises or nothing, but what I do is I make good barbecue and we had a great, uh, a couple racks of ribs on the barbecue to celebrate Super Bowl Sunday. And I was uh, sending pictures to you and my dad and my, my brother and uh, TJ, and uh, and I tell you, they were the best ribs that I ever made on, on the Weber.
0: Yeah, and nobody and will says, ever be able to confirm that, but your own family, which you won't let us talk to, so right. we're just going to yeah, take so your word for it. We're good, you know. I'm this year, guy, this year happens to be the best. I mean, I'm I'm sorry you guys couldn't come for the Super Bowl party, <laughs> but this year happened to be the best ribs I've ever done ever in done. my 83 years on this earth.
1: That's right. In, in, in all my grilling expertise and experience, this was the best ribs I had. And I, I'll let you in a couple little secrets. This was a—I don't know if I should or not. I mean, but you stop listening to and <laughs> I'll tell you that. Right? Wait, well, if you keep
0: talking, I might get my Weber certification. Carry on, oh, <laughs> brother <yeah>. Bill.
1: <laughs> we uh, we did a mustard base uh, with a prepared mustard, and I'll let you look up what prepared uh-huh. mustard is. Uh, I'm making notes. Uh huh. Don, just for for your knowledge, prepared mustard is just yellow French's mustard. To yes. Get out of the fridge. That's where it is. Mustard, yeah. <laughs> but they call it prepared mustard. I had no idea what it was until I looked it up.
0: It's a foodie uh, thing so, for you, right? You can't get just get mustard. there. it's a tablespoon of mustard. You must have prepared mustard.
1: Yeah, but it's the same stuff you put on a hot dog. It's 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 mustard. <laughs> so, anyway, but the the rub that we did was uh had some brown sugar, some salt, some paprika. Onion. Uh, so you make your uh, own rub. Oh, absolutely. See, absolutely. I use a,
0: a prepared rub. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> carry That's on. Like prepared
1: mustard. There you go. <laughs> and then uh, it grill low and slow using the uh three two one method.
0: Okay. So What's a three, two, one?
1: Three, two, one method. Three hours, low and slow, 225 to 250, outside of tin foil, meat up. Okay. After the three hours, and the then, second <laughs> second two hours, you wrap it double double tin foil. Pour some apple juice on on the inside of it, meat side down, in double tin foil. Still same low and slow, twenty uh, five, two fifty. And then after the two hours in the tin foil, one hour then, outside of the tin foil, with uh, no nothing else uh, uh, on meat side up. Three, two, one. Three, two, one. And for the three... Is that is like six hours of yep. cooking? I love oh it. It's six goodness. hours. You monitor the barbecue. You're outside.
0: Uh, Typical man wouldn't still be standing after six hours of grilling, right?
1: I'm on a diet. This was, a, this was <laughs> my sport for, for that. But uh, it, it, uh, six hours outside and, and minus 10 or 11. The worst part was the wind on the weekend, but it was all worth it for uh, for a good... Good rack of ribs,
0: For the so. best. The best ever. If you're listening, yeah. Jay, the best the- ever, and you missed out.
1: Yep. But <laughs> we did also make mention the fact that between uh, pork shoulder and, and ribs, we may have to have a, a hunt camp meal with the Alliance. So. The Alliance.
0: Wait, wait. We haven't done that in a while. With, with who, Bill? With, with
1: the was Alliance. The Al- <laughs> 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 yeah, that was, that was pretty much the, uh, the grilling side of it. But I also... You know, I'm not going to go too deep on this one, but I told you a little while ago, I did a sleep study. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Think, yep. So got the results of the sleep study. And apparently I don't sleep because uh, <laughs> in the sleep study for the five hours that I slept, I stopped breathing 265 times. So <laughs> pretty much every 80 <laughs> seconds, I stopped breathing.
0: Did they say you had to shave? It's the, no, beard, right? it's the beard, right? It's the beard holding your mouth open, clogging your nostrils. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I
1: thought it was the fact that I was wearing those round shirts, you know, and, and, and had a little bit extra weight on, but I'm down a few pounds. I won't tell you the exact number, but it's double digits. I'm down now. Hmm. And uh, yeah, hmm. you there you go. Girl. That's something that to be said Green said for tea's this, uh, working. Is yeah. Green everything. <laughs> I had plain chicken and broccoli for for lunch today with uh, a side salad and my brother uh, he was beside himself because uh, I <laughs> showed him a picture and and he's like, nah, hard, hard pass on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <It's just> so- <laughs> yeah.
0: They don't sell that at 7 to 11. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. He sent me with the big gulp and hot dog he was eating with a side of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And-
0: I'll tell you what, and- I won't get into it on here, but I'll share you some recipes because I'm on that bland diet too. And I have found the perfect spices for boneless, skinless chicken that I have to eat <laughs> every freaking day that actually gives it some awesome flavor.
1: Yeah, well, we've... We've actually, we've done some good work there between my wife and, and I with the and finding the recipes that actually work. And, and I didn't know you could eat chia seed. Like I said, I'm not going to go too deep, but uh, chia seed, when I was a kid, you put them on the side of the, the, the ceramic heads and they grew, grew hair out of them. Remember those? <laughs> yeah. There you go. I'm aging myself a bit there, but you actually can eat that
0: stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so- <laughs> this episode of Redneck Country Podcast brought to you by the Clapper. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Help, help. I've fallen and I can't get up. (laughs) Careful, careful. That hits a little too close to home. (laughs) Nudge, nudge. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So that was, that was it. So then uh, once I I got that, Don, you and I got something coming. Now I've got uh, a new machine. I've got to get set up for the- the, You got a sleep apnea.
2: You got the old man machine. Yeah, I do. For everybody now. I don't even-
1: I don't even have mild sleep apnea. They call it severe sleep apnea. So. <laughs> they
0: call it death.
1: <laughs> <sighs> so, this is all new.
0: Death by wife if you don't put it on. Yeah.
1: The, the lady that was helped me out today asked me if my ribs were sore from my, my wife, you know, elbowing me to keep quiet in the middle you of the say,
0: night. You say, nope, so I sleep great. on the porch. <laughs>
1: yeah. I sleep out in the sunroom right where I do my podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> so. Anyways, that's what I did. Welcome I, to I getting old, some...
0: Bill. Hey, I thanks. shouldn't say welcome because I'm not there. That's on behalf of Dad. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah, sleep without
2: mine. I, in fact, I you know I clamor to get in bed in the middle of the afternoon. I wouldn't let him sleep on. without
0: his. I remember the first time we went to a shoot. We went to the provincials and and we had to share a hotel room. And I thought, oh, you know, I'm not going to shoot worth a crap because I'm going to be up all night from got to get to sleep before him. And as soon as he hits the pillow and. Your um, hearing aids out. It's it's over. Like you get sucked in and blown out. <laughs> and uh, but that machine, holy crap, it's a lifesaver. Yeah. Well,
1: I got to figure out the the mask fit and make sure because I said <laughs> you got to shave. It, I'm not shaving. I've already told him that. So I've got some thing that looks like a. Anyways, it's My kids make fun of me, but the only thing <laughs> I can tell helmet. my kids,
0: <laughs> Darth Vader
1: yeah, is. This, it's I can the same help thing you out. I can tell you.
2: I can help you out with that bill. Give me a call when we're off there. I'll I'll tell you the math to use. <laughs>
0: good good deal. Good deal. You guys can compare <laughs> pills per day as well. That's it.
2: <laughs> so,
0: hey, that's enough
1: about me. So, Todd, what did you get up to this week?
0: Uh, not a lot except we're about to embark on a new journey, I think. I'm oh. excited. Well, I I so There's a prelude, but I don't want to get into it too much, because we're going to talk about it, I think, on some upcoming podcasts, but I will allude to it a little bit, that I was watching MLF major league fishing and like I'm hooked on this bass fishing deal online. You get to watch it. They got it done right. Right. Like they've got the referees in the boats, they got cameras out there and they, they weigh the fish right on the spot. Two minute penalty. If you drop it and uh, they, they weigh it, put it into the iPad, release it. So it's not like a weigh in where you go and you're on stage and all that jazz and it's, it's hot and live. Right. So you got like a timer counting down and these guys got a, catch fish as fast as possible. And the guy with the most weight wins. So it's like the last five minutes, they're pulling in hogs and getting them weighed, throw it back in the water onto the next one kind of thing. So I'm watching that and it ends and I'm like, crap. And right after it came up another fishing show. And I thought, this is the dumbest thing ever. And I'll tell you why I thought this was the dumbest thing ever is because whenever we rent a cottage or we go up to a cottage or we do something, you have paddle boats. My kids always want to go in the freaking paddle boats. Now, folks, they invented motors. I don't even know what year. I mean, we're going yeah. way back. <laughs> Why? Why canoes? Why paddles? Why paddle boats? If I wanted to like pedal something, I, it, I don't know. It'd probably be a moped just to get it up to speed until the motor kicks in. There like you go. it just, that is my theory. They, they invented motors and I embrace the technology. So I'm watching and it's kayak fishing. And I'm like, well, this was stupid, but I was working out. So I let it go. And I'm watching, and all of a sudden, I find myself entrenched in kayak fishing. And I'm like, what is kayak wrong fishing. with me? Kayak fishing. And I'm like, I will never go in a canoe because you know I don't like big water. And canoes right. can tip. I have a flat bottom boat. And that, my friends, is where it's at because that sucker is okay. solid. Kayaks so, flip too. Well, so I'm watching, and I'm watching this guy roll this kayak out with a, a, a trolling motor on a kayak. a kayak with a seat 360 swivel sits up on top and he's cruising with a fish finder attachment. He's got rod holders Come and he's on. standing up. He'll stand up and walk up and down the length of this kayak without it even moving and catch a fish. And then he's got one on and he can't get back to get the net. So he sits down on the edge of the kayak with his feet hanging in the water and reaches down and lips this bass and pulls it in. And that kayak doesn't even list. It doesn't even move. It's just rock solid. I'm like, what is that? That is. So we did the podcast a while ago with my buddies, Kevin and Petey, right? And talked about local ponds and the big bass hogs that are in them and got to go find them. And then you walk around the edge of the pond and you can kind of take a boat. And I've been to some and I take my, my flat bottom with a trolling motor, but it's a two man job because that, that boats, it's got some weight to it. It's not like you could haul that thing around by yourself, up and down hills, down in ravines, into the water, wherever you got to go. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, this could be the answer. This is, I I can't. So I started doing my research at at about two months ago. And well, a lot longer than that, I started doing my research and got kind of hooked on it, had and and mentioned it to my wife like five months ago. And then so it slowly did a little more research, a little more research. So I, on the weekend, received my kayak. You did. I did. I've now got a new canoe, 2021 new canoe, Frontier 12. And this is the most stable kayak on the planet. It can take a bow mount motor, a stern mount motor. You could even put a gas motor on it if you want. Now, not my cup of no tea kidding. because a lot of the ponds I go to, they're not going to like it if I'm if I've got a gas motor. But I've got I've got a bow mount uh troller motor and I've got a stern mount troller motor. So, I'm good to go, man. And I'm so good, now I've got questions. I the, well, understand. this thing is so wicked. I tell you, and it's got rails on it. So there's a company called Yak Attack that makes oh, okay. accessories for kayak fishing so this thing they've partnered and the reason i chose this this kayak there's a there's a few things why so a it's one of the only kayaks that you can go single or tandem meaning so you can buy a two-person kayak but it's like got the little ports where you got to sit in it well that limits if you go by yourself you're not going to stand up and fish like you would on a bass boat which is the allure of this because I love standing up and fishing. And dad can attest to that when we're out fishing. I'm always standing up when we're bass fishing. So that you lose that. Well, this one has these yak attack tracks, the whole length of the boat in various configurations. And so you get this elevated 360 seat with it, and then you can get an additional one because it will hold 650 pounds. So now you can just clip this on the tracks and it will slide up and down the tracks and rotate 360 for two seats, one in the front and one back further. So now it's a tandem kayak. Now, if you go by yourself, you just pop that seat off and now it's back to a single and you got all that room to walk up and down. It's got an area behind the seat for uh, what they have, like Yak Attack's got a box. I mean, a milk crate would fit there for your tackle packs, and and you can put rod holders. But all these Yak Attack tracks, they've got attachments for GoPros, for your cell phones. they got, like, it'll hold your cell phone like in your car. It'll hold it, fishing rod holders out the wazoo. You think they have anchor systems, power poles like on bass boats. They have kayak <laughs> power poles now that will attach How to these How are you
1: going to transport this around?
0: It's just go in the back of your truck. You get a red flag to put it in. It weighs 73 pounds.
1: Look, I've seen the way you have a 25-pound tree stand on a dolly to get across <laughs> a 100-acre, fi- 100 100-yard 100 field. How are you going to carry and cart this Don, I think you've got a job coming ahead
0: of you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm telling
0: you, I'm pumped. Not to go into it too much. Cause we're actually gonna have one of the the distributor, the Canadian distributor of New Canoe come on the the podcast, I I hope, pretty soon. And he can kinda jive with me because I I it's brand new. I'm brand new to this, and you know I'm not a big water guy, but this thing's rated for the ocean. I mean, it's it's rock solid. They it's for salt water, it's for everything. And they're like, it will break the surf, you'll be fine, blah, blah, blah. I'm never gonna do that. But that's the rating on this thing. So I am so pumped. And I got one of 20 of the camo ones that came to Canada. And I, man, I had to, I had to clamor to get this thing. So, and, and I, I know I'm now on the group in the States that, that you know, some are very hard to get in some States. They're, they're getting sold out like crazy because this kayak is the kayak. And if you don't want camo up here in Canada, there's, there's enough of the other colors, but I wanted camo because it also has a duck hunting cover. So that you can hop oh, in the yeah. river and away you go.
2: And they, guys even use it in the fields
0: as Leo blinds. Like this thing is just a win, 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 win all the way around. I'm so you didn't you, have I'm a pumped. hard
1: time selling your wife on this.
0: I did. Yeah. <laughs> five months, five months, five months. And I might've sold a gun. <laughs>
1: well, That's what it <laughs> takes to, to get what you want there. And I, I tell appreciate. you what,
0: Oh, I'm pretty pumped. So now I've got to plan out my budget to get going up until trout season and then up to bass season on my attachments that I add like the power anchor and the fish and pole holders and all of that jazz I, I, to get her outfitted all, all I am so pumped
1: well. As long as you got a seat there that fits me, I'm I'll be happy. Absolutely, good company.
0: Six hundred and fifty pounds, buddy. Don't eat too many of those ribs. We're good to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh,
1: I like that. That sounds really interesting. I'm anxious to see. So yeah,
0: well what I figure I'll I'll take some pictures, some videos. Maybe we'll put it up on our YouTube and our Facebook, and we'll talk about it. Maybe like a little ten minute segment each week on on what I've done to it, or once a month or whatever. But and like I said, we're we're planning on having the distributor on here to to give us the skinny. And, and I mean, there's a lot of other brands. Don't get me wrong. I, I, this was not the first brand. I had a different one that I was ready to get. But when this came out, I just thought, you know, how often do you want to go fishing and your buddies want to go too. And so if I'm the only one with a kayak, I'm laughing at them while they're on the shore. And it's just, it's not going to be the same, but if I got a two manner, well, then I could be like, Hey, I'm going if you want to go, you can come. But if not, I just only put one seat in And so the options there, plus my daughters now, we get done school. Let's just go shoot to the local pond, throw it in, go fishing for a couple hours. Come back. We're good to go.
1: I like the idea, man. And the other thing, too, is when you fall in the water, somebody else can help bail you
0: out. (laughs) Dude, it's impossible. I'm telling you, I've watched these videos. (laughs) It won't happen.
1: Mark my words, podcast number, whatever, we can refer back to the time when Todd said it was impossible and it was possible.
0: (laughs) Anyway, so that was my week that like really other crap, but that like working out, diet, all that bull crap. That's good. But this is the only thing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so right now it's in my d- dining room. <laughs> so that's the is only, it? well, it's 12 feet long. It's 41 <laughs> inches wide or 43 inches wide and 12 feet long. So it is sitting in my, my wife's like, well, we got to put it in the garage. I don't want to put it in the garage yet. Like I, I got, I, I got, because you, when you register it, you get free gifts and free shipping and stuff. So I got the extra seat on its way. Like I had already budgeted all of this stuff. I'm good to go just to get me in the water. And after that, I've already got trolling motors. I'm ready to rock. Now it's just a matter of budgeting each month to figure out what attachment I'm going to need to to carry on, and so I want to build it. And it's freaking cold in the garage. Bill, you can yeah. relate. You're sitting on your in your sunroom.
1: I am. I have two blankets and my tea, and I'm right. there's I'm, no well, sun so, right
0: now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm,
1: I'm anxious to get some pictures of that. And, uh, when your wife gets tired of it uh, around the house, look me up. And I've got bored <laughs> enough room to put it her here.
0: And she actually yelled at her on, to it on her way up the stairs. She was heading up when we started the podcast. She's like, "We gonna move this thing or what?" I'm like two <laughs> inches to the right. <laughs> yeah.
1: So good deal. And then Don, how how'd your week go?
0: Oh,
2: walking, watching movies. That's it. I, I did that's have tough oh, life, huh? I did have a yeah. very. A, a good car guy friend pass away and like he was he was 90 or 91 but he was a good friend and it was a private ceremony and of course even if they're even if the visitation they have to limit the people and there's rules so I, I wanted to go to visitation but I had to register for a time to go to visitation yeah. so I registered for one o'clock in the afternoon double mask an hour before visitation I got a call from the family, and the family said that uh, the funeral is allowed 10 people, double masks, social distancing, and there's only six family members come, and they invited me to come. And I thought, oh, okay, so I canceled my visitation. So I was honored to be there. And I knew the funeral funeral director, Al, and he's a good friend, and he's excellent. He did a wonderful service, and he was also a good friend of this guy. And, uh, at the end of his, uh, sermon type thing, he says, Don, I know you want to say a few words, come on up. And I know oh, I was honored. So I addressed the family, said a few things. And then I was the only person there that wasn't family. And then, so they got, they got my buddy ready to go into the, into the hearse. And Al says, want to be a pallbearer? Oh, another honor. So, um, what I thought was going to be a really bad send off and, and disappointed that I couldn't address the family. It all turned around, and that was really an honor for me. So
0: that was yeah. cool. Yeah. That
1: yeah, cool. you don't like those situations at all, but if you can, you can make yeah. the best of it and, and honor. honor.
0: And 90-something's
1: yeah, a good life.
2: Good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. And he I'd was like very successful. Like, he was a good dude.
2: He was. was. Everybody loved him. He had all kinds of friends. I mean, he knew everybody. For me to get the phone call was unbelievable. So, yeah, that was great.
0: And then, I, I not to make light, but the funeral director is buddies with a lot of people in our small little town. Oh, yeah, he is. And my my wife's grandfather used to always say it's because he knows someday he's going to get you. Yeah. He's happy. He's always happy.
1: The <laughs> you know, Funeral director usually in small towns knows everybody. That's, that's
0: for sure. <laughs> that's how it goes. But he is a good dude. He's funny as heck, I'll tell you what. Yeah, it was awesome.
2: Well, that was the yeah.
0: highlight.
1: Well, I had a highlight from you this this week. I tell you for sure. From me, I had
0: from Dad. Am yeah. I gonna be? Is there gonna be enough room still sitting beside him if you carry on this conversation? Uh, were you going? Maybe, this? but is the, his you know, head you know starting it, to expand?
1: It's okay. You were left out of that conversation. You were you were involved, but you you chose not to participate. So your dad and I had a good chat yesterday.
0: Is this the text messages that kept blowing up That's, my phone while I'm trying to get absolutely. crap done? Yeah,
1: well, sometimes you just got to take a break and, and, and look at the history that surrounds you and, and learn something.
0: <laughs> look at that I history every day. day.
1: <laughs> 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 but I tell you, so yesterday, just to give everybody, I, uh, halfway through the day, I get a text message from, from Don, and it's uh, one picture uh, of uh, some duck hunting uh, that we were talking about on, on years past. But uh, that led into... Uh, I'm not sure how many pictures, but they were all put a smile on my face, and and I, you know, I don't know if you. you <laughs> now wanna, I'm getting I just, worried.
0: You, I should check my phone. What is what is Dad sending should. you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the the hunts and the history uh, that that came across there. It just it lit, lit 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 me up, and there was a a lot of history there. That you want to go into that a little bit on what, what you were sending yesterday?
2: Oh, I'd love to. You know, I got thinking too. I, I got we got. from the podcast last week, I got thinking, holy moly, you know, there's uh, so much that uh, how I learned that I could share with people. And I know, Bill, you're always saying you hope people learn from our podcast, that you're excited when people get facts or how to's and things. And, and I got thinking, wow, if, you know, I went and got my old album out and all these pictures and how I learned to shoot ducks and how many times I missed before I learned, I thought, I, c- I could share that. You know, that's cool. And then it, it prompted me to start sending some of the pictures to to back up the stories that I was telling you. And uh, so, yeah, I was I, I was pumped when I was sending them. In fact, I apologize. I hope I didn't inundate you, no. but I, it was fun. You,
1: you know, inundated know. me. Yeah, well, I think. Said- <laughs> Don't worry about
0: Todd. It was already for me. He yeah, enjoyed I, I, that. I ended ones. up sending my phone away. I broke all these messages coming <laughs> yeah. in. We're yeah. on a backup right now.
2: Well, I, I sent them to both you at the same time so Todd knew what was going on. But anyway, but yeah, no, I yeah. T- you got to remember, I started hunting, oh, uh, 15 years old and I'm 72. So, you know, you're, you're talking what, uh, almost 60 years ago. A lot of years. Yeah. 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 So 50 something anyway. And so back then it was easy. I, like you could hunt at 15 with permission from your parents. And of course my dad always, he hunted rabbits with a 22. That's all he ever hunted. And I tagged along. And I told you the story one time about me being out hunting rabbits with a couple buddies from school. And, and a, unbeknown to us on the creek that we were walking along, we couldn't see it. A couple of gunshots rang out and it was a another friend from school and he happened to be hunting ducks. And he hollered over and asked me to, throw that big mallard drake on back over to him and that that hooked me but anyway um that hooked me into wanting to hunt ducks after that well anyway i i could uh, get a duck license or you get a hunting license if you took a course and the local paint store the owner of the paint store he did courses in the basement so i signed up went there one evening after school took the course got my license and after that episode on the crick, picking up that mallard, I was hooked. So I went back to that crick after I got my duck license and everything. And I started looking for ducks. And uh, when.
1: So I'm going to, sorry, just to cut you off for a second. Like sure. You said you got your license. Back then, was it a combination style? Like, did you have to get a hunting license and a firearms license like you, you do now? Or no, is it,
2: no. You got a hunting license and. And then you added to it, like, you had to go to the township for small game and rabbit. You didn't need then, a
0: gun license. You could just have a gun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You could just have the gun. You'd, and then there were some townships that required pheasant license. So you'd have to go to those townships to buy the pheasant license. I
1: and remember it, when I started hunting, I had to go to the town office for a year to get my, my rabbit hunting license. That's right. They, they still did that. Uh, in addition to your small game, you had to buy from the township, a separate license. Which,
0: <laughs> Look at uh, you, uh, old man. Going away. You and Dad got a lot in common in this that's podcast. Right. <laughs> Keep talking. Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: exactly right. I it. So I anyway, I'm out looking for it. And then I realized one evening it's dusk, and these, these wood ducks would come flying up the creek, and I got ready, but they didn't follow the creek because the creek bends. And th- this is the same spot right now where Todd and I uh, hunt deer. And when I describe this, Todd will know where I am. It's the,
0: it's the spot where the kayak will go floating down.
2: Exactly. And <laughs> it, it, it's at the bend. And anyway, the ducks come up the creek, but then they were heading. I don't know where they were heading to, but maybe to their night spot, a night pond. But they cut across the field. And I thought, holy moly, they're not that high off of the field when they come off that creek and, and go across. So the next night I get out there and there's a, a stream that comes across. And goes 90 degrees into the big creek when it's like a ditch. And so I got out there where I figured in the middle of the field they were going to cross. And I got down into that ditch and I stood in the bottom of the So you
0: stream. took a chance after you hunted the creek, they cut you off and flew across the field. Yeah. So the next night you went back and sat in the field completely away from the creek. Yeah, in a ditch. I know where the ditch is. Yeah, exactly. And hoping that they're going to take the same flight path. Exactly. It wasn't bugging you that chances are they'd still fly up and down the creek?
2: No. I figured they were going to that spot every night, and that's what I did. Right? Now, what was bugging me, could I hit one? Because this is new, right? And I read everything I could and how to lead ducks and everything. And I had, in fact, I passed that book on to Todd, and it described how you shoot incoming ducks over your head. And I thought, the only way I'm going to learn to do this is to practice what it says in this book. So I get out there and sure enough, there they were coming down the crick. They left the crick instead of following it with a quick turn. They didn't, they came right straight across that field and they were almost right over me and in line to where they were coming. But they were coming so fast that I only had time to just get up and I'm thinking, okay, I got to bring the gun up at 45. I got to get, bring it up, pass them. As soon as they disappear behind the, behind the gun, pull the trigger. And that's what I did on the lead duck. And when I put the gun down, he was coming down, landed right, right in the ditch with me. A nice, <laughs> uh, a nice wood duck. Oh, I was so pumped. You know, like uh, anybody that's just started hunting their, their first duck or even their first 10 or 12th duck, if you're only getting one or one and two every other time or every five times you go out, you're excited. And I was so pumped. And my wife at this time, she was uh, at bingo. And to the Catholic church and I made it work. And only a time I, by the time I dropped that duck and turned, they were gone. I like, think
0: this is before TV. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Anyway,
2: she was at bingo with her mother. So I was so excited. And I thought, you know what, by the time she gets home, it's going to be late. I'm going to slip over there and wait for her to come out. And I was so excited. So I, I couldn't wait. I went in and I looked in the door to the room they were playing and she saw me. And so I motioned. And so she said, yeah. So I walked in and she says, what are you doing here? You're in your hunting clothes. You're... I said, yeah, but I got a duck. Look. And I had it in my coat. She says, <laughs> oh my gosh, put that, put that duck away. And I said, don't you want to see my duck? She says, put the duck away. I'll see you when I get home. She was totally embarrassed. And her mom was laughing. My mother-in-law, she was laughing. She says, Glenda, you grew up on a farm, for Pete's sake. I know, yeah. but we're in a bingo. Well, it just so happened I lived on uh, Wellington Street in St. Thomas my, until I was 18 or 19, till I got married. And for 19 years, the family next door, they had 10 kids. Well, three of those girls were at that bingo at the next table. And so I was friends with them for 19 years. So they weighed, they saw me. They waved me over. Did you get a duck? Do you show them plenty a the duck? Yeah. Let's see your duck. They were more excited than my wife was. My wife was so embarrassed that I'm flashing this duck around the <laughs> bingo hall. But I, I was pumped. I, I made this terrific shot. I was absolutely pumped. She wasn't impressed, but I was. That's but, okay. But they that get really, over that kind of
0: stuff, right? But you know, <laughs> no, she never you know, did. <laughs> <you> know, but, <laughs> to this day. <laughs> you know, but that's what started the bane
2: you know, of her existence. <laughs> but if you remember Muller from Muller Choke Tubes, he said, "You know, if you practice the same thing every time, you always miss." if you practice the miss, you always miss. Remember him saying that? So I thought, how many times have I missed ducks jumping straight up off a pond? Or how many times have I missed these ducks? Like you gotta remember, I've been hunting since I was 15. And so I got married when I was 19. So here's five years later and I'm just starting to hit ducks. I'm just starting to be able to, to really, really get after them. So one day we're Ron and I, my buddy Ron and I, and, and he had a friend, Dave, from the gun club. The three of us are hunting this swale. And so there we, we jumped the swale. There wasn't anything in the swale that we could find. And Ron said, well, I'm going to take a walk because we saw three or four ducks fly over and come down in a field over. He said, I'm going to take a walk and see if that's a water hole." So Dave and I said, okay, well, we'll wait here. So we sat at the edge of the field. Well, half an hour later... Here comes this duck from the direction Ron had gone, and it's flying straight at us. And it's high, it's it, but it's shootable as far as I can see. And Dave says, geez, look at that duck. He's pretty high." I said, "Yep." Yeah, but I'm going to apply what I learned from this book. So I brought the gun up when I got to about the position where you could bring your gun up, and the duck would be at 45 degrees. I brought the gun up. I started swinging. I swung up to it. I swung through it. As soon as he disappeared, I pulled the trigger. And then the next thing I know, that duck is coming down, landed right at my feet. Disappearing behind the barrel. Yeah, disappeared. You don't even see it. Dis- disappeared behind the barrel. Come up
0: under a- it, cover it up, keep swinging and pull the trigger as soon as it disappears, but keep swinging. Keep swinging. Keep, keep, swinging. Just keep lifting the gun. Keep moving in the same yeah. direction that duck was going.
2: So I became convinced that where you get in trouble is when you can still see the duck. You try to match its speed. All of a sudden, you're guessing the lead. You're, you You're know thinking how to, too
0: much. You yeah. got to let instinct yeah. take
2: over. Yeah. So I was, I got really good at those shots where you cover them up. Well, it wasn't very long later that five ducks came from that direction. We found out later that Ron did find a, a little bit of a pond and swale over there and he jumped them, but he, he couldn't get a shot, but they came to us, but they landed right in the swale. So Dave says, okay, let's work out a plan. When, you know, you go this way, I'll go this way. We'll see if we can work them, not directly between us because we don't want to be shooting directly at each other, but we'll walk through there and then see if we can put them up within range. So we started walking through, and it was all like uh, shrubs, and you couldn't see very far. You had to look around stuff and and falling over trees and stuff and, and bushes. And then all of a sudden, I heard them lift. And there they were, all five were coming up in front of me And I remember consciously thinking, I don't want to shoot the same duck that Dave's shooting at. And he'd already (laughs) said, I'll shoot the, if they come from me, I'll shoot the back ones. If they come from you, I'll shoot the front ones. You shoot the back ones. Okay. So they were coming from Dave. So I brought the gun up and I'm swinging on this duck. And I'm consciously thinking, is he going to shoot this one? And then I hear a boom and and a duck at the back fell. Oh, he didn't. Good. Bang. I dropped that one. So I moved to the next one. And he shot, bang, the next duck fell. I shot, bang, that duck fell. That left the one in the middle. That left, there was five ducks. And I remember thinking when I shot the second duck, I thought, man, he's going to be going for the third, and he's shooting ahead of me because I let him shoot first. I got to shoot this duck and really move quick to get that duck if I want to shoot it. I was greedy. I mean, I was there to (laughs) shoot ducks, and I wanted to shoot the three, right? (laughs) So as, as, as greedy he, as Scott, when it's got a band, you got that right. So as soon as he dropped his second, bang, I dropped my second, swung to that last duck and boom, boom, we both shot at the same time. We both got it. But we laughed <laughs> about that. It was, it was teamwork. It worked. We got all five. So Ron come back and said, well, I said, we got six, Ron. You want to maybe go to the South and see if you can find another swale or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, by that time, you know, it was, yeah. it was lunchtime. What, this, what we typically did when it got lunchtime, there was always someplace like you could find a little corner store or, or out in the country there somewhere, a little store that sold, you know, sundries and groceries and things that they were a dime a dozen out there. So we'd, We'd find this little store. We'd go in and buy a package of wieners or a hunk of bologna, a loaf of bread, and a Dude, hunk of
0: cheese. Your brother Bill would be all over this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is his style of hunting right there for sure. Yep. <laughs> He'll just wait in the truck. You guys shoot ducks. Hey, we hitting a seven two eleven? I'm in. Yep. I'm getting. But there was no seven, no Love seven you, 11s, But
2: we, have, we either had bologna sandwiches or wiener sandwiches and a hunk of cheese, and then. Uh, we'd buy a package of uh, butter tarts and put a slice of cheese on the butter tarts, and we had a great lunch. And then we we go looking again. So
1: that's perfect. Yeah. Hey, you know what, Todd? I don't know if you're able to see those pictures or not, but there was some some skinny, young-looking Todd Millard pictures <laughs> in there as well. From <laughs> some of your first hunts too. <laughs>
0: I seen I did check out all of the photos I went through, and honestly, Bill, I thought you couldn't be able to tell from today to when I started hunting there if you really look. Well, I tell it. you what,
1: I, I, I thought it was probably your younger younger brother or something for the first give you shot <laughs> taken out because I, I don't I couldn't tell if that was a really big door, or if you're just tiny. I'm not <laughs> sure which. Well, which I,
0: is it? I was about four hundred pounds. <laughs> that thing was huge.
1: <laughs> I, I tell you, it it
0: was a it was, was a, it was a deal. it was a giant doe. It was my first deer I ever shot was a monster doe. It really was.
2: Yeah, it was a good well, sized deer. And then the picture of the buck. Remember, did you see how dark it
0: was?
1: That yeah, was, I was trying to figure out um, why you didn't get that one mounted as your first buck. Was it?
0: Well, I got the it was, but I I, I got the rack on the wall. So dad okay. did the skull cut. I just didn't, I didn't mount the head head like I had. I mounted the head of my first like shoulder mount of my first bow hunt buck. Oh, I see But it. that one. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. At the time, maybe money. I don't know. We maybe, never yeah, really, we never did that. Well, did we dad? Like we would always just cut the, yeah. cut the skull top off and mounted on a plate and stick it on the, on the wall of racks.
2: But the reason it was so dark was because that was the morning of the storm. That was actually mid morning. And the flash—it was so dark from the clouds and the storm. The flash darkened everything around it. It looks like it's night. Did you notice that in the oh, picture? I th- yeah, honestly, oh, yeah.
1: I thought that was a uh, last
0: light. Come no, on. it no. was like eight o'clock. No, it was later than that. Come on, Nine, ten, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. No, it was. That,
2: that was a stormy, miserable day. Like we were flooded. Nobody wanted to tent.
0: go. The Nobody tent,
2: wanted to go. The tent print near blew down. Like it, it was, was a Wednesday. Oh. We
0: had one tag left, and and we got up. Woke up early, early in the morning and it is just coming down and said, are we going? And dad actually said, yeah, we take the tent that we have. We move it. There's a half cut cornfield and we sit between the half cut cornfield and the ravine and a big buck's going to come out of that corn at first light and it's going to walk right by us and it's so storming and stuff. It's going to go right by us to head to the ravine coming out of the corn from feeding all night. And I'm like, what, whatever. I said, all right, let's go. And I think I've shared this on our one of our first podcasts, but we, we did. We walked in and I sent dad. I just said, you just go to where you want to be. I'll get the tent because it was, it's not one of these newer ones now that you could fit two guys in. It was a little pop-up tent. Like it was, <laughs> we were packed in there, me and dad. So I said, I'll go get it. I'll bring it over. You just go stand where we're going to be. And I mean, mud up to your waist, because as you're walking in this plowed cornfield, Cause half of it's plowed, the mud's just picking up and climbing up. Your pants are soaked. You're soaked from the top because the rain's just coming down. Pick up the tent. I carry it in the wind, trying not to get blown away. From inside it, like the tent's hovering across the ground. Get the dad sit down, set up, and I'll be darned if, as the the morning went on, here comes a doe comes running out. I said, "There's a there's a there's a doe," and it wasn't. Thirty seconds, and dad goes, "There's a buck right behind it," and it was that buck. And then. As it ran by, it was dad's turn to shoot because I had just shot my first doe, which was that first picture the day before. So it's dad's turn to shoot because we'd sit together. So it's dad's turn to shoot. So that buck, that buck's on that doe's trail heading for the ravine. And so dad says, I, I said, are you ready? Shoot it, shoot it, make it stop because it's jogging. And so I'm going, Matt, Matt. Mark! and it won't stop i said dad <laughs> it's got 10 steps and it's over that ravine you got to pull the trigger so he just i didn't want to the smoke I clears
2: i was arguing with him
0: Yeah, and it's standing there it's sitting there it was so it's, dark it, it's still standing after the smoke cleared the gunshot actually stopped it.
2: it oh it was so dark with the with the storm and the clouds that I couldn't, like, my eyes were so dim, I couldn't see the beat, and, and I couldn't, I didn't want to shoot. He, finally, I realized, okay, if I don't pull the trigger, he's not going to shoot. So, <laughs> so I pulled the so, trigger. Well, luckily, it stopped it.
0: It stopped. So and the smoke clears. And he me his gun. So then the smoke clears, and yeah, so dad, it, it's standing there. It's still sta- it's standing there. So it's still dad's turn to shoot. So I said, here, take my gun. And he says, no, shoot it. Dad, take my gun shoot it i can't take my gun all of a sudden he got so mad that it reminiscent of when i was in trouble at home and he looks at me with the the, like like anger shoot the freaking deer okay i threw the gun up pulled the trigger smoke goes and i see a deer running back to the corn and i went oh i missed it and dad goes no, it's down. That's the dough. It's down. It's down. And so smoke, I mean, has filled the tent. I can't see. I'm swooping my arms and swinging them. and <laughs> yeah, I, trying to clear. Yeah, I can't see nothing. It'll be darned. And it was, what, 82 yards. We, had, we were shooting old Hawkins. Yeah. Uh, open sights, no scope. 82 yards. Down it was. And so then dad had to go and, and and finish it off just to make sure it was done. So dad ran over, reloaded, and finished it off. My brother-in-law had actually gone with us. And so he messaged, He we had radios at the time. This was prior to cell phone and texting and stuff. So we had radios. And so he radios and he says, guys, what's going on over there? Because he was on the other side of that cut corn. And so he said, we got one. He goes, we only got one tag. (laughs) Yeah.
1: He's thinking you're shooting at multiple deer. And I said,
0: we got him. We're done. We're out, tagged out. He's like, what the heck was that? He goes, the first shot. And there was 30 seconds before the second shot. And then there was 30, 40 seconds between, between that one and the third shot. And I said, well, dad missed but stopped it. So then we had to argue for 30 seconds over him shooting, taking my gun. And then (laughs) after he screamed at me, then I shot it. And then dad had to go and make sure it didn't get up and run away and finish it off. So that was my first buck. It was, it was pretty wild. I remember we were arguing, dad, take my gun, just shoot it. Take my gun. I already shot one. Just shoot it. He had (laughs) screaming. I remember the fear in my face. I can imagine because the whole, the anger in his was insane. So yeah, you got to,
1: I gotta ask you a question though. Was his beard black or uh, <laughs> white at that point? You can't uh, tell
0: because the photos are black and white, right?
1: <laughs> I tell you, uh, no, there was some a color lot of those there. pictures. <laughs> I didn't realize he had uh, he his hair was ever a different color.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, dark black. brown,
2: dark brown. Yep, for yeah. sure. You gotta remember, I was only in my twenties in some of those pictures. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but you know get to get back to learning to shoot, and then I'll tell you the difference between how I learned and, and Todd learned to shoot. Like, I still had to, like, I was reading everything I could about lead and everything, and I'm still missing a lot of ducks, and it's, it's you know, you work so hard to find them and then, and then uh, get a chance at them, and if you miss, you really, you know, really gets down. And so I learned from that, that overhead cover them up, and I learned that once you could see the duck, I was missing again, so I had to I had to apply that, cover them up to the same thing as a, as a passing or a crossing duck. I had to swing from behind and then realize that, okay, the duck, if it was coming straight over, by the time I swing the barrel to pass its beak, I wouldn't see him now. So keep swinging, pull the trigger. And then I started killing those crossing ducks. But I'm sitting at the, in this swamp with my buddy Ron, and uh, it was hot and heavy and first thing in the morning, ducks were flying and we were bringing down a few and then it quieted down. So I thought, okay, it's time for a snack. So I get out some cheese and crackers and we're sitting there and I'm having a bite of my cheese and crackers. And I see this big mallard drake coming across the the swamp and he's not too high and he's coming right to us. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, here comes a duck. And I just yelled duck at Ron and he was on us in no time. And I didn't even put the crackers down. I just Grabbed my gun and with my left hand that had the cracker and cheese in it, I just munched everything right against the forearm of that L.C. Smith. (laughs) I put the gun up. I did my thing shot and down he come. And Ron said, wow, that was fast and smooth. Yeah, but I wrecked my cracker. I was all crushed against (laughs) my gun. But I was pumped. Custom grip. Yeah, but at the same time. Out of the corner of my eye, when that duck was falling, I saw another one coming, but further over, about thirty yards, coming the same way, but it was going to go past and cross us. And I thought, and so I thought, oh, I don't want to miss this one. And I saw that's the first time that I really was sub, was consciously thinking, don't match the speed, don't follow him, don't try and guess the lead, do what you did on that client or that duck overhead. And so I. He got to a point where I would have been about 45 degrees if I, you know, instead of being at 90 to me, he's about 45. I brought the gun up. I swung from behind him, past him, so that I passed his head right about the time he would have, he was 90 degrees to me. And as I passed him and kept swinging, I pulled the trigger and he folded up, come down out about 40 yards. And I was so pumped. Ron says, another smooth swinging shot. And I thought, okay, I got this now. Stop Using your eyeballs, start using your, your, uh, natural, you know, instincts, just pick the gun up, swing by him
0: the By eyeballs, part, you mean stop thinking and yeah. trying to guess the lead. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like oh, that's about 60 yards. Yeah. I should lead him by four feet. Yeah.
2: Well then down, uh, down at the end of this, like he was flying right along the edge of the woods. He came out of the swamp. We were in a field and there was a woods that, that he was going to fly along. Hardest part, I spent 20 minutes trying to find him because it was all ragweed and weeds and everything. And finally, I got down on my hands and knees and started crawling around and found that duck. I was panicking for a while because I knew he folded up good and it was a nice duck. Well, at the end of the woods, I saw a duck circle and go down in behind the woods like it was going to land in the field. And I thought, oh, that must be it must be flooded or wet back there, too. So I said to Ron, I'm going to walk down here because I think I saw a duck go in there. So I walk around. Sure enough, I don't even, at this time, I don't know it, but the grass is flooded. It's it's about eight inches of water in this high grass. And I'm just walking around the edge of the the, the woods, and I'm walking towards, along the side towards where I figured this duck come down, and about 25 duck yards, he blasted straight up. And I thought, oh, look at this beautiful big green head. I brought the gun up. As soon as I could see his beak over the bead, I pulled the trigger. Boom. He didn't come down. I did it again. Boom. He didn't come down. I did it again. Boom. He didn't come down. And that, you know, that's exactly what Mueller Choke Tube said. You do the same thing every time, you miss every time. I had the beak over the bead, and I was uh, shooting underneath him. So I thought.
0: Should have increased your lead. Yep.
2: So I thought. Made an adjustment. I just blew it so excited. I just blew what I had just learned and said to myself, I got this. Is, is Make them disappear or make sure you use instincts and get by them. In this case, I could have made that duck disappear because he was going straight up. Mallards jump straight up in the air. Their wings come down on the water and they jump straight up. So, okay, a couple days later, I'm hunting this uh, flooded cornfield and I walk out to where there's this big open spot. There's a great big mallard in the middle and he jumps up. And I went, okay, use your head. And that duck went straight up. I come up from behind him, and I didn't stop the gun when I got to his beak. I kept going. I pulled the trigger. He didn't come up over the barrels. I looked, and he was falling down into the water. And I thought, okay. Gunk,
0: gunk, gunk, From then <laughs>
2: on. Well, then, I don't know how old Todd was. He was older than 15 when, like, he used to go hunting with me, but he could never carry a gun. So he wasn't excited about going hunting, and he wouldn't, wasn't excited about going all Before the cell
0: phones and stuff, like, my gosh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> you actually had to pay attention and learn yeah. something. <laughs> so he finally says to me one day. You didn't know me in my me. younger years, Bill. <laughs> yeah.
2: And my son-in-law, without us knowing it, he'd gone and got his hunting license and said he didn't tell us because he was afraid he'd fail. And so he says, Will you take me hunting? Gladly. Glad to have somebody to go hunting with. And then Todd had said the same thing. I want to go hunting. I said, Well, before you go hunting, we're going to the gun club. And like everything Todd does, he researches it, he, he looks it out, he picks people's brains. And that summer, he shot everything he could shoot. And and he's head and shoulders over me now in skeet, five-stand, unbelievable. I'm sorry, you know we're recording this, right? Yeah, okay, but, just but it's the truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, uh, <laughs> I can I can still hold my own trap shooting. So I can still beat him sometimes trap shooting. And, and he has almost won every trophy that i was so proud of in my younger years and he's almost matched all those accomplishments but uh, when it comes to skeet he outshoots me at skeet and that's where he really learned to wing shoot and then of course we did the sporting clays he can outshoot me at sporting clays and five stand forget five stand he's way ahead of me in five stand but it's all the same principles but he learned that let the instincts you'll he'll, he'll hear him say it a hundred times let your instincts take over. Sweep it out of the sky. That's, I'll tell by. you what.
0: We got a guy, an old boy at the club, vice president, St. Thomas Gun Club, Daryl Dennis. And I was down shooting skeet with him, and I struggled. I, shoot trap, no worries. Shoot skeet. And I struggled when I first started waterfowl hunting. Like the, the first goose hunt, I think we were getting lucky. I was getting lucky. But then I started to struggle after that because, again, you overthink and you start to think you got it figured out. Yeah, and when you, you think, analyze every element, well, you're you when you overthink, you got issues. Right. So then you're you're taking too much time. You're trying to be too calculated. It's got to be instant. You've got to know where your gun shoots. You got to be. It's got to be in So I'm down there at the ski ski den uh, with with Daryl and we're doing around and, and when, I got no problem hitting stations one and two, right? Like they're just, they're going away and coming at you. And I, they're, they're not really cruising direct 90 degrees from you, like a crosser. And so I was down there and we get to the hard stations and I was just getting irritated. And Daryl says to me, no, look, look at here, young man. Like, uh, listen here, lad. He says, what you want to do is come up to that target. And when you swing up to it, just as you're about to pull the trigger to make sure you keep swinging you want to sweep it out of the air like you got a broom in your hand as you pull the trigger. Just come up to it, pull through it, and sweep it out of the air. Well, after he said that, I started mashing targets. Apply that to Dove, Ducks, and Geese. It's game over. And that's how – and now now I don't think about it. Now I just come up and I do it because I've done it so much at the skeet end on those 90-degree crossers that – and and really, I listen to other guys and they'll say – on those crossers on skeet and and skeet shooters have it figured out where it's it to me it can get really boring when you get good at skeet because it becomes and any skeet shooter is gonna (laughs) gonna get mad at me for saying this i
1: love skeet shooting be careful
0: well but (laughs) so to me if you get really good at skeet like the competitors it becomes spot shooting you'll they'll hold their gun like yell pull boom yell pull boom on to the next one pull boom Mark, boom, on to the next one. Pull, boom, mark, boom, onto the next. They barely move their gun because it becomes spot shooting for them. Yeah, they, they know are, the they're And And they'll great. tell you, all these old boy skeet shooters, they'll say, You need on station four and five, you need four foot, five foot a lead. And so that messed me up forever because I'm yeah. physically. With my eyes, I've got the gun mounted, and I'm going, with my eyes, four feet, nope, my four feet, nope, my four feet, while I'm trying to swing, while I'm trying to acquire that target, all of that, all in in split seconds. You can't do it. So when Daryl said to me, you come up to that thing and sweep it out of the air, and you will throw that shot as long as you match speed and then sweep it through, just sweep right through, and you'll start pounding them. And, dude, I tell you what.
1: So, I never shot skeet with a high gun and that I think helped from a, from a wing shooting perspective because it was target acquisition, gun to the shoulder, swing through it and, and break a target. You know, it, a lot of guys, to your point where you're right, they, they pre-mount the gun, the shoulder. They, they know where that target's coming from because they all got to go through that ring at however much distance that, you know, uh, um, at the stake out there, but, um, I learned a lot about wing shooting by, by the skeet field as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, that was, that was gold. And dad used to say to me all the time, you got to lead him, got to lead him. And it was, I couldn't grasp. No, that. I, I, couldn't. I can't either. I mean, cause
1: I am like you, I'm an analytical. Well, if it's, if it's flying this fast with this ammunition, how, how much then? And right. I've asked you that question a lot. Yeah. Like you're going, loaded. okay,
0: it's, it's, it's 40 yards. I'm shooting fast shot uh, four feet, bang. Nope. Maybe I'm in front of it. Okay. Back it down to two yep. feet. Bang. Right. Nope. Maybe I'm behind it. Okay. Put it out to six feet. Bang. We're like, you know what I mean? You're just by that third shot. Good. It's a Hail Mary's already 40 yards. <laughs> so yeah, they don't, yeah. they don't stop flying. They and you're thinking, going. No, no, make it so too much.
2: now you're, you know, you've really lost it because you've lost that. It momentum. comes
0: down to doing it a lot really is what it comes but, down to, but you got to figure it out. And I tell you what, Daryl Dennis telling me, young lad, you got to sweep that out of the, yeah, I think it was my boy. You got to sweep that out of the air, my boy, sweep it out of the end. And then once I started doing that, it, it opened up the world right there. Well, you know,
1: that, that's so true though. I mean, dude, some of the best shots that we've all made have come from a surprise. Oh, guaranteed. Like that, that, guaranteed. That, that, deer, that, that duck has come in with the crackers in your hand. You pick the gun up, you do it. And you can't so believe you just hit shows, it. That shows, well, and you, you weren't, you, there's no thought. There was no thought it was sea sea orange, break orange. It's basically what that came down to is see green head for, you know, shoot green head.
0: See, and that, that's true. I remember my very first, and I'll I'll probably never do it again because it sucked. But my very first uh, lake hunt in Mitchell's Bay and went out with a a buddy, took me, dad, out and uh, him and his buddy and took us in the boat, threw out the decoys, everything, nothing. There was guys every 50 yards, there's guys beside us. And the ducks knew they'd come in behind us where you can't shoot the coastline and sneak sneak up behind us and land between us and you can't shoot. (laughs) So we were sitting there and I'm kneeling in grass, frozen, because it's like late November, early December, like, I mean, I was frozen and I hated it. So I'm in I'm in waiters kneeling. I brought a, a stool, but I've got my gun sitting on the stool so it's out of the water and I don't have to hold it for three, four hours as I freeze and not able to shoot a duck. We just happened to be sitting there talking and all of a sudden this teal come flying in or I just picked up my gun, pulled the trigger. Nobody's seen it. I just picked it up, pulled, boom, as fast as... And that teal hit the... And I bet you it skipped across that water five, six times. Just... <laughs> and and the guy we were with, our buddy turns around, he goes, "Who?" Because he was in front of us, and I shot it over top of our heads. He says, "Who pulled the trigger on that? Was that you, Don?" I said, "No, that was me. You hit that." And oh yeah, <laughs> I I couldn't believe it. But guess what? I didn't have time to think. It was throw no. the gun up and pull the trigger. And really, the gun fits. Knew where it shot. It it the the rest was was over. My eyes were on the duck. It comes down to I was focused on the duck. I wasn't thinking, I wasn't going barrel to duck. Where is everything else? I knew where my gun shot and my eyes were on that. My instinct just took over. Subconscious knocked that sucker down.
2: See, you got to remember, I was hunting for 30 years before Todd ever decided he wanted to go wing shooting. And Ron and I, both of us were married over eight years before we ever had any kids and we were hunting five days a week. And so we had a lot of time to really uh, understand how to shoot ducks and and how to shoot game, and we were having a great time doing that. And so uh, it just became second nature to do that. And if you remember uh, the hunt you you were on, and and Todd and I didn't hear him in the radio say, "Jay, this is that high flyer coming in." Jay, and then Todd <laughs> yeah. said, "Jay, this I, is yours. Yeah, I, here I, it I comes." Keep, <laughs> I keep apologizing to Jay, and I keep I I hate keep bringing that up. But sure he does. No, (laughs) that, that goose was not directly over us because it was me. Then it was Jay. Then it was you. Then it was Todd. And it was outside of Todd. Am I correct? When it was coming He was out there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, and it wasn't, even though it wasn't straight over. (laughs) And and I'm saying, all
0: right, wait, 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 Jay, this is yours. Wait.
2: (laughs) But. I couldn't, it it had cut out when Todd in my ear had cut out. I never heard him say to Jay,
0: this is yours. I
2: honestly didn't, but I knew I could make that shot. And it became apparent when that duck broke the 45 degree angle that I knew I could bring my gun up on and nobody was moving. I thought they're going to let it go around. And I knew in my head I could make the, even though my gun barrel was not going to make that goose disappear, I had done it so much that I knew I could apply the same principles. He was off to the side but come up from underneath, come from behind, and then just keep swinging and then pull the trigger. I knew I could make that shot.
1: And he folded I, up like a dish towel. There was yeah. not even a hesitation.
0: <laughs> I'm I, going, it's too far. Wait, it's, it's coming it's, around. It's going to come it, around. It. Jay, it's yours. I, Bam! Anybody, what the flip was that? Yeah. <laughs>
2: so if anybody goes away with anything today, you know, you just pry that principle and apply it. Right.
0: Like, Don't hunt with dad. He'll shoot your birds out for me. <laughs> yeah. but That's yeah, two no, stories no.
1: of that, by the way. What's that? That's two stories today of your dad shooting uh, the bird out from uh, Under somebody. people? See?
0: Selfish. you yeah. see? 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 See see what I deal with? And then it's go, yeah. go, go, go fetch him up, Todd. Fetch him up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it took
1: you thirty uh, that many years before you got interested in hunting. I, I really can't believe. I worked. Well, I worked, you know, well, the, well, I worked how, at the gun how club. How you are now, no, Tom,
2: so let a, me tell he you, wasn't thirty, but I, it was thirty years of me hunting because we didn't. I didn't. We didn't have any. Yeah, kids I, was for, 20, yeah I was
0: twenty. I was twenty. Oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah Todd yeah. was
2: the second kid, so I mean, I my shot
0: daughter. at the gun club. But here's the deal. Yeah. So you've seen the pictures. I've never been a huge dude. And so I was working at the gun club at the age of 12, had a buddy come down from Hamilton. So we decided that, hey, he was hanging here and dad would take us out to the gun club. All right. We're 12 years old. Now he was a big dude. And so we went out and my buddy had no problem holding the gun, but I put up dad's model 12 trap, put it to my shoulder, yelled pull, pull the trigger. And dad physically stood behind me and caught me from hitting the ground. And you pull the trigger three times like that when you're 70 pounds soaking wet with a model 12, it's not fun. So yeah. I didn't, I didn't care to do it again. And so it wasn't until later that, all right, well, let's give this a go. And then, yeah.
1: Yeah, yes. I mean, you, you got to put, you know, uh, a few pounds on you still before you're comfortable <laughs> shooting too much, but <laughs>
0: Uh, I don't fit I don't fit well in the trap world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm glad you picked it up, though, because uh, it would make for some really boring podcasts if all we did is talk about, you know, working out and uh, eating healthy food. So. I don't
0: know. I'm thinking of starting another one just on the side of yeah. this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm now a connoisseur. That's it. You know what arugula is.
0: <laughs> Macros and micros. That's it, but. No, that's a
1: good podcast. Yes. I, uh, yeah. I enjoy hearing all these old stories. And I tell you what, when you come across those pictures of history, uh, I send them across. I love seeing them. I like like hearing the Be careful what, what you're asking for,
0: Bill. You're going to have to up your, your texting plan.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, 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 you know what? It, I'll be on my, uh, my Wi-Fi. Network here. They can pay for the downloads of, of uh, <laughs> your your hunt history and past. It let's me know how things were back uh, when, you were growing up, Todd, and it uh, sounds like you had a pretty awesome upbringing with the opportunities that were presented for you. I can't
0: complain. It's I can't neat. complain. Yeah. But, yeah.
1: Really neat to see. It. So, yeah. Yeah, you did you did good, Don. You did real good.
2: Well, we've had fun. We've had a lot of fun. And yeah. I'll tell you, he knows more people than I do in all the gun clubs. That's for sure.
0: Like I, That's
1: because he, yeah. he, he's got the shoes and he's got all that yeah. other stuff.
0: I blame it on the mouth. Yeah, he's mouthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know who I am. if you don't like me you're gonna really be in trouble (laughs) that's it I will smother you with love and then if I do like you well then you're in big trouble too (laughs) because I only chirp the people I like (laughs) that's it
1: so
2: Uh, very good
1: gentlemen thanks for the chat tonight
2: yeah Yeah, appreciate it thank you Bill we'll talk again
1: and that'll do it for this week folks for the Redneck Country Podcast I'm Bill the Almost Guy Tom
0: and I'm Todd, thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at com. Again, that's podcast at redneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week.